Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Spear School. I am so excited today to bring you another guest, Jenny Kahn. How are you doing, Jenny? I'm so well, Danielle. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. So I was on Jenny's podcast last year, and I wanted to have her on the Spear School podcast for quite a few reasons. But first, I want to introduce her, how I know her and how she established herself out in the real world. And I'm going to get you to introduce yourself after as if we don't know you and how you introduce yourself in the world. So we know Jenny as a psychic medium, as a spiritual mentor, the host of the Champagne Channeling Podcast, which is an epic name, by the way. And she's a lover of champagne and all the beauty that this world has to offer. I personally wanted to have her on because she has been a student of mine for a while, but she doesn't just mentor under me. She's gone over to the UK. She's done some incredible development over the past few years. I admire Jenny when it comes to her confidence, how she shows up in the world. And I know that sometimes our inner world experience is different than how other people experience us, but I do want to tune into a little bit of that today. And I just think that you're an overall just fantastic human being. You're so giving and generous in all the different spaces that you occupy. And so I thought Spirit School listeners would get a good resonance from you. So that's a little bit of background and context to why I wanted to have Jenny on today. So when I hand it over to you, Jenny, tell us a bit about you. How do you introduce yourself out in the world? Well, thank you. I'm blushing a little bit. You can see matching my red lips. I am quite anxious when I have to introduce myself in the world. To be honest, I've avoided networking for a very long time until just recently. And I always get a little hung up on what I actually do. I love psychology. I use my mediumship abilities strongly with the connection to inner child and the heart chakra. And so I sometimes will skirt around the mediumship or psychic verbiage until I have a couple glasses of champagne. And then like, honestly, somebody puts a quarter in me and I don't shut up. So I usually wake up the next morning thinking like, what the actual hell is wrong with you? But I can't help it because, you know, you open up that door, you read energy, you feel energy. And I always am wanting to help and assist. And it just like pours out of me. That probably didn't answer your question, but it does. It makes me a bit anxious when people ask what I do, to be honest. Yeah, it is a really hard one. And I know that like as a teacher for, you know, seven years now, somebody always says at least once a year in the community is like, how do you identify out in the real world? Like, do you say psychic medium, spiritual medium, evidential medium, trained medium? I mean, just hearing you talk, I don't know if you go around saying I'm a psychology based inner child worker versus I guess. <laughs> spiritual medium you yeah. know <laughs> I definitely am um, very in tune with the wound and so I can really feel into inner child wounds very much I'm a cancer son so immediately I am going to be the mama and want to soothe that wound whether that just be putting my hand on somebody giving them a compliment I don't always make it so obvious because I'm not going to air people's dirty laundry out, but it is something that I've realized I've been doing my whole life. And 
I think that the mediumship part developed later, but the psychic was very, very strong early on. Okay. And I have so many questions about this. So thinking back to our earlier connections, we have an opportunity for people in the collective to come forward and share their gifts. And I do remember the first time that I ever hosted one, you put your name forward to do an inner child workshop that does stand out a lot for me. And I was checking out your website in preparation for this interview too. And you do have offerings around that and good resources for people. So what is it about like the inner child that drove you towards wanting to do some work around this? I have a Pisces at 29 degrees in my 12th house. So I feel everything like I feel the entire spectrum of the zodiac. And when you feel that deeply, you spend a lot of your life thinking something's wrong with you. And so through cognitive therapy, through an obsessive self-discovery and assessment and diagnosis, what I realized is there's so much that I feel that is not mine. And when I realized that, I was able to get to the bottom of what is mine. And that was all inner child stuff where I needed to go back and give myself the acknowledgement, the nurturing, the love that I didn't receive. And I'm not trying to throw my parents under the bus or anything. I think that we all have stories and we all have wounds and we all came here to learn and evolve. So I look at inner child from a, a very radical responsibility lens. And when I started to do that, my mediumship and psychic gifts just swung open because I was doing the work. Yeah, I love that. And I remember the first time Skylar, my spirit guide, showed me something about the inner child. I thought it was revolutionary. I was like, we just uncracked something massive here. Not knowing it was like very common out there practice in the sense where people tune into past versions of themselves that are coming up to hold them back. And my situation was I was in the shower and it was 2019 when I first got my first Indigenous Entrepreneurs Grant. And I remember crying because I was in such disbelief that somebody Mm. saw something in me enough to invest in my dream. And I had to like cry in the shower and be like, why is there such a deep state of disbelief around this? And when I got out, I heard Skylar say, sit down. And all of a sudden, these visuals started coming to me, these memories coming to me from when I was six. And the situation that really sparked my stage fright and like why I continue to want to like stay in the background. But it was like I had to sit with that six-year-old version of myself and like hold her and like tell her what I actually needed my parents to say to me in that situation instead of being disappointed. I would have been like, it's okay. You'll get another chance at going up on stage and having this really beautiful reconciliation experience with myself. It was so powerful and there was no external sources. It was just like me sitting, you know? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So when you help people with their inner child work, is it visual based? Is it like hypnotherapy? What is it that you help people work through to get to deeper parts of themselves? You know, it's different with each person. So intuitively, I am able to feel who's going to be more cognitive about it and who's going to need a little bit more of like a deeper meditation and visualization. One thing I do use, and I've made this connection, and I have some astrologists that don't agree with me and some that are like, hmm, that's interesting. It works for me. And this is how I teach it. But I do believe that our sun sign is what we are evolving into. And it's where we can access our higher self. And so if you really study your sun sign, that is going to be the highest version of you when you are spiritual aligned and when your nervous system is neutral. And then our rising sign, I think, is deeply attached to our ego. And so depending on what you experienced in life and what your sign is, 
you are going to see that being more of, you know, the mask you wear and your egoic behavior, whether that be shadow or the strong side of the ego. I don't think we need the death of the ego. I think we are egoic beings. And I think that there's a time and a place. I think that our ego is our artillery and it's just thinking that we're still at war. And so we need to sit down and, you know, let them know they have a seat at the table, but they're not running it anymore. Mm. And then our moon is our inner child. And so typically, I think we have a lot more, but we have three main personalities going on at any given time. And it's the ego, the inner child, and the attempt at being the higher self. And so if you look at what is being activated within you, if you feel possibly wronged, your ego is going to be more activated. If you feel unseen, if you feel hurt, your inner child is going to be activated and your behavior and how you deal with situations are going to probably have characteristics around those signs. And so I give people an opportunity to, you know, write from that place. So my moon in Pisces, I feel everything so deeply and I need to acknowledge every bit of my feelings. Do I need to be operating off of all of those? Hell no. Mm-hmm. And then my ego, which is my rising, is a Leo. So the way people perceive me in the world, the way that even probably you perceive me, is going to be a lot more confident. There's going to be a fierceness. But my rising or my sun is a cancer. So I'm flanked by water and I have this tendency to retreat and be in my jammies and really have this ability to be deeply intuitive and inward. But I have it also a need to be seen but only sometimes. And so when you start to navigate all of those voices, I think you can just manage your life a lot easier. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful, profound perspective. Thank you. You're going to get my juices thinking about this. You see me looking off to the side. I'm like, remember this, digest this. What is your moon? I'm a Sag moon. Okay, so then the Sag moon would be, you know, your little girl does need to be seen. She does need to explore. She does need to travel. She does need to be able to ask questions. And so something that can happen when a Sag moon is young is that they might annoy their parents with asking too many questions or, you know, just being a little bit needy of space energetically because they're expansive, because they're a fire sign, because they want to know more. And then that can shame you to where you feel like your questions are dumb. And so always nurturing that aspect of you and saying, you have a voice. What do you need to say? What are your questions? How may I listen to you right now? Like stuff like that. It's like how you talk to a little mini Sag. Yeah, I love that. I love that. This is so fascinating. I'm a Scorpio rising too. So when you talk about the rising being egoic and like that shadowy, I'm like, I'm all okay. Oh well, yeah, you definitely like, I love Scorpios and I think they actually get a bad rap because they are a water sign. They do feel deeply, but like, because you feel so deeply and you have a very long fuse, when people do you wrong, they're dead to you, like off with the head. And that's my Virgo too. It's just like, you're dead to me. Either I love you, you're dead to me. No. Yeah, that's just part of who you are. So it's like, I will give you a very long fuse, but I also know the depths. Like Pisces and Scorpio know depth. And so they will give you depth. But if you try to take advantage of that freedom, then you're not going to have time or space in their life anymore. Yeah. Maybe you can go, I'll have you as my offboarding person. <laughs> I love that. I was like, because yeah, that makes a lot of sense for me. Absolutely. And I, I have to say too, that even just the awareness that you can tune into like a past version of yourself to kind of like reconcile and harmonize, like the future yeah. has been life-changing for me because it's been such a permission slip and I've been so much more gentle with myself because I have a nine-year-old girl. And I was six-year-old in that first visualization. So it's kind of like 
you know, I wouldn't speak to KJ like that. Like, I wouldn't speak to her like that. Why am I going to speak to myself like that? And like you say, that self-determination, if you will, to guide yourself through some of this work, it's been very life-changing for me. So I'm happy that you're doing that work out in the world for sure. So one of the interesting things that you talked about in your intro was how the psychic was there for a long time and you were aware of that psychic connection and those psychic abilities. And then the mediumship came. So that's opposite for me. It was mediumship first, psychic second. So when did you become aware of your psychic abilities and how did that unfold for you? Okay, so I don't know if I was actually aware until later, but psychic abilities are hard when you're young and not in a situation where people are going to offer you confirmation, which actually just in general, psychic, as you know, is hard because confirmation is not something you get until later, typically. There's feelings about people. There's one thing I just have that like inner knowing when people lie. And I think that this comes with just some of my trauma, that feeling of not feeling safe. So knowing when there's betrayal, knowing when there isn't honesty. And so I really struggled a lot, actually struggled so much that I tried to take my life in my teenage years. So I had a very sad time, really. And then there was a lot of infidelity in my relationships. I always had people asking me things like they'd show me a picture and I I would be like, my feeling is this, but I, I never knew what I was doing. I just knew that people trusted me with my opinion. You knew that I did hair for 10 years. Yeah. Well, I've seen pictures of you doing your kid's hair. Yeah. That's so lucky um, that you can do that. Yeah. I um, was a hairstylist for 10 years. And then I actually ran a women's cocktail golf league, which was a business I started. So multifaceted journey I've been on. But doing hair, touching people, I mean, really, really, my psychic abilities kicked off then. But where I got confirmation, which is, you know, a beautiful blessing and a curse, is I was in a marriage for 10 years where there was a lot of infidelity. And I finally was just at my wits end with not being satisfied, not being happy and always being in that stomach ache place of questioning, wondering, feeling crazy. And we decided to go our separate ways. And I just, I said, would you just like surrender and tell me so I don't feel crazy anymore and you are relieved of, you know, all that you've done. And there were everything that I felt was right, like everything. And then there were times where I'm like, well, what about this time when you did it? And he's like, oh yeah. And so, and I was happy. I really, I went to a friend's house. I was like, why am I not crying? Like he just confessed everything. She's like, Jenny, you cried your whole marriage. Like, let's be honest here. And so again, with the Pisces and the cancer, like I emote very easily and very often. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't harbor much, but it is painful feeling that much and knowing that much. And so it was 2013, maybe, when I really got confirmation of how psychic I've always been. And then I started to just unapologetically trust myself and just really lean into everything that my body was telling me. And I'm very, very clairsentient. And then I didn't know how claircognizant I was until I gained a little bit more confidence on speaking because I do kind of mix up words and say things backwards. And just I've always been made fun of about the way I talk. And it was through you where I did the podcaster because I just knew that was going to heal my throat chakra. And I, I took your class and then started my own podcast. And I, I speak so much better now. Like, I'm so proud of the work I've done around my throat chakra. And then now I think that's probably one of my strongest clairs right now. I love that. Well, and thank you for the shout out for the Empowered Podcaster. 
I have said before, like, I think podcasting is what helped me cleanse and clear and, you know, recalibrate my throat chakra as well. And that fear of being heard and seen and sounding smart or sounding like you have something to offer. I totally get it. And just going back to to say about your teenage years, just sending you love around that. I had very similar experiences. Also, just like geeking out over the similarities because my psychic awareness was hindsight, but it was the exact same thing. I was married to someone for five years early on and I always knew when they were unfaithful. Like I always just knew. And I only had to scratch just a little scratch and the truth was unveiled. But I was always treated like I was crazy, just classic behavior. And so I had something very similar. I didn't actually understand it until I understood my psychic abilities. I'm like, that's why I always knew. That's why. Okay, so maybe I have always been psychic and like you say, not aware. So kind of nerding out over the similarities there. So 2013, that's also the year that I started developing as well. So many similarities, Jenny. And the masculine. Like we started out like loving the masculine, I think. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I grew up with brothers. I was always one of the boys. Like guys even said Jenny's one of the boys. Like bros before hoes, Jenny's one of the boys. And I kind of have wounds around that because now, I mean, as you can see, I am so feminine and I love it. But sometimes I'm like, I want to be one of the boys. I want to go have some beers and cuss and shoot shit. <laughs> yeah, that was very much like me. I played hockey from a kid. You could catch me at the basketball court on weekends, like 100 percent one of the boys. And then I worked with race cars until I was 27. So, yeah, I was the only girl on any team as well. And yeah, totally comfortable in my masculine, thriving in my masculine. My astrology is set up more leaning towards the masculine. Like I think it's like six and four, the planets, but I also love my femininity. Though I don't know if you experience this, but like I know I'm feminine because I mean, look at my background. It's like purple and plush and fuzzy and just like beautiful. But I still feel very masculine when I'm out in the world, just like all action. Everything has to have a purpose. I don't rest well. I would like to lean more into the femininity, like on purpose a little bit the good parts of it, you know? So I don't know if you struggle with that a little bit sometimes too. We're very organized. We're very like organized feminine and like true feminine nature, I think is a little bit more chaos. Mm. True. Like if you even could break closet, like it's like, oh my God. So I think that that's just probably the Virgo. Like you like order and structure and a little bit more discipline where like I was just telling you before we started this, like this whole reels challenge that I did, like I've never done anything consistently for 365 days, except maybe brush my teeth. Like, I don't know why I thought I could do this because I'm so chaotic by nature and feeling oriented by nature. And so some days, like, it's hard to even get out of bed because I think I just am so affected by the planetary vibration that I need to just respond to what is happening within my visceral body. Yeah, that makes sense. I love that perspective too. And yeah, I forgot that we were connecting on that yesterday in Voxer. I was like, yeah, we do share a lot of these similarities, don't we? So fast forward, you figure out you have awareness around your psychic abilities around 2013. Did you do any kind of like formal training around that? And then what led you eventually to mediumship? Because when I look at you, I always think of a medium. Like I'm like, oh, Jenny, like the medium. Oh just mediumship. So it's you like so amazing. You've always given me such compliments. Like, how does she know? Okay. So mediumship to me, this is I told you that I had this download in the shower, which in the bath in the shower, I always get these like that's your flanked by water, probably. Like, where did it go? Where did it go? 
Well, yes. And this is this is what came through to me to share with you and the listeners is that in the human form, let's just call it, let's say a pencil. We've all been introduced in school to have a pencil. And some of us use this medium, this physical medium of a pencil to write or to paint or color or, you know, some of us write music and some of us can draw and we do these different things with this one medium. And then some of us are excellent at us. And then the rest of us are like, well, I know how to use it, but I'm not going to be that. But does that mean I can't do it at all? And so I think that mediumship is sort of like that for me. I think we all have the ability to use our mediumship. And I think that I am a medium, but I'm not a medium in the way that the front runners have designed it. And so the people that I think a lot of people think of are evidential mediums. And yes, when I first started, I have given evidential information and it's blown my mind. But really, I have to be honest, mediumship just doesn't wow me in the way it wows everybody else because I think it's like we all can write and we all have mediumship. So it's just part of who we are. How we use it is what wows me. And so how we use it, I think, is more the individual signature that we each have and what our approach is, what lights us up, what's our design. And through mediumship, I've been taught by my guides and just how spirit uses me. And then with my confidence around what my intention is and who I want to attract and serve, that I want to connect to the higher self of the soul and bring wisdom forth that will assist us communicating with the soul within. So it's almost like this inside job of mediumship. Like, why would you want to know what so-and-so said that's past when you have this infinite wisdom, the soul within inside of you, and you're going to ignore that? Like, I feel like it's a little bit backward. And I, even when I had Gordon Smith on the podcast, I was like, I kind of feel like the kindergarten teacher. And he was like, yep. And so it, his confirmation just made me feel so good because if I compare myself to evidential mediums, I would then think I'm not a good medium. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that. And I don't think anybody can because our mediumship ability is just like our ability to hold a paintbrush or a pen are all so different. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think, too, we all rock our mediumships in different ways. I look at some of even the old great mediums who did inspirational speaking, which I think is a form of mediumship as well, inspiring the world and creating an atmosphere through the inspiration that people just want to be better, do better, live more expansive lives. And I think that form of mediumship doesn't get like the TV recognition and stuff, but it's super valuable to humanity and like advancing us further along. So I love that. And I, I think that you're right. I always say comparable. You have the pencil. I'm like, not everyone's meant to be a David Beckham of no. mediumship, no. right? Some people are meant to represent the highest capacity within this work and they find their place on their throne. And then I think for some of us, too, we just find our own way of rocking what we develop and mediumship, right? So one thing I will say, though, is like to come into what you're doing now. And I love that aspect of like tuning into your higher self, because that is one thing that the guides have always said to it's like we're your guides and like we have this wisdom, but you have the same wisdom. You're made up of the exact same stuff. What an evolution I'm thinking, even looking at the history of mediumship and going back to like the 1800s and early 1900s, how mediumship was all about this external force and like you have to bring evidence through that the external force is intelligent and it's not of Satan or demons back then. But you don't hear very much philosophy back then about people tuning into themselves. So then we have this belief in like this confidence in this external world that is wiser than us and smarter than us. And now we're in a place 
where I think a lot of people are turning in again, maybe since the 70s, the summer of love. I don't know if like that kind of feels right to come back to you, but we're kind of finding that balance now, aren't we? From going extreme, everything's external to extreme, everything's internal. And now we're in a time living where everything's kind of a bit balanced. Like we need a little bit of both, eh? We absolutely do. It's interesting because mediumship too has just this, I don't know, bad rap of being so scary. And I truly do believe that like, this is the darkness. Like this is, we're in the darkness, the human experience. And so when I tap into mediumship, I have had some teachers that are like, what is the evidence? What did they look like? And it's like, I can do that. I can do that. But why do you want me to tell you what they looked like in their physical being when I have access to what their soul was sort of robbed of because of their inner child issues. So it's like I can feel into the pulsation of what their vibration was maybe hoping to do in this lifetime. And a lot of times, like my first teacher, suicides will never come through. I tried to take my own life. The first reading I ever did, the first person that came through was a suicide. So suicides typically come through because they have a story to tell. And they're very sensitive, sensitive individuals that said, I'm sorry, this is too painful for me to be here. That conversation is a lot to me more healing than he had dark hair with six two and drove a red Honda. Yes, I am of the same mind frame. So let me go back to the top. But your first teacher said that suicides don't come through. Yes. Interesting. What happens to them according to that philosophy? I don't really recall, but she also said that if I burn sage, that it would attract Native Americans and they mess up your reading. And I'm, I have hierarchy in me. And so I'm like, what the hell? Like, so like there was a lot of theories that she yeah. obviously had fear around certain things and yeah. projected that through her teaching. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to not do very much training. And I relied on spirit and I sort of self-developed until I found you. I'll be really honest. I'm actually really impressionable. And so even I, this isn't a bad thing, but like Melanie Ann Lair, love her to death. I got referred to her because people keep saying, you remind me of her. You remind me of her. I'm like, who is this girl? I started watching her and she started saying things that I was saying or I was teaching. And what it did is it made me play small because I'm like, people are going to think I'm copying her. Right. And so then it had this like negative effect on me. And for all of you cancers out there, cancers are ruled by the moon and the moon doesn't make its own light. It reflects the light of others. And so we are meant to speak to people and like make sense that I want to be with inner child because who has the brightest light? Children. Who mm -hmm. inner children? You know what I'm saying? So it all makes sense. But when you are a cancer, you have to be careful because you truly are going to affect people if you put yourself out there to serve them. But when you're constantly chasing inspiration, inspiration is to ignite something in you. It's not the end all be all. And I, I think that a lot of us just sensitive beings, not just cancers, but we can get in this rabbit hole of like another education, another certification, another just anything and everything to give us more credentials on what we already have access to. Yeah, I love all of this. I think that these insights are going to be so helpful for people. And just so you know, too, I'm very impressionable as well. Like I almost joined Scientology when I was 14 because <laughs> Oprah, by the way, we were just oh talking. God. That's so funny. Oh, yes. I got to go watch an episode. I'm probably the only person our age that hasn't watched Oprah. I was just saying, like, we're born a year apart. You're, you're younger than me. I'm like, after school, I watched Oprah. 
So going back a little bit, and I really appreciate that insight. And I think that you're a breath of fresh air, like what you're talking about. And I think it's going to give a lot of people who are looking to do mediumship a specific way or be a light worker in this way, a little bit more freedom to kind of like tune into game what ignites you, what inspires you. I didn't also know before this conversation how knowledgeable and into astrology you were either. So this has been really enlightening for me. But yeah, the fear-based teachers, I'll say I had Sylvia Brown, I consider to be one of my first teachers because I used to see her on Montel. It was Montel and Oprah after school. I don't know much about her either. So like her concept around people who cross themselves over is that they get rebirthed right away into Mm. a not kind way of living. I don't want to say it because it's harmful. It's toxic. I don't want to say it. But she basically said... If you do cross over in that way, that you'll be right back into utero, popped into a horrible life. And I used to believe that for a long, long time until I started doing mediumship. And then I'd be like, I have a lot of people who cross themselves over, come through, and they go to the same place my grandma went. And I can access them just as easily as I've been able to access any other spirit. So thank you for bringing that up and talking about that. That's something that's been coming up in the collective a little bit too, conversations around different philosophies people are sharing from a place of absolutism. The part that drives me the nuttiest is like, if there's a teacher who, I have the answer, this is how it is, I'm like, run, because... They're not doing the work, the big capital W work. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you bringing that up as well. So with astrology, how long have you been doing that? Because you're so knowledgeable about that as well. Even that whole riff on the moon. Like I really don't know if I am. Like if astrologists are listening, I don't know. It's been a passion. I think my first book was when I was like 10, but I don't know it. I think I just channel. I'm not kidding you. Because I know some signs more so than others. But like, I think I just open up to channel when I start talking astrology and being ruled by the moon and then having, you know, the sun. And I, I don't know. I think it's just part. It's like, it has to be past life related. But yeah. it makes sense to me. I usually feel things and then I'll listen to astrologists and then they'll say what I'm feeling. And so it's yeah. like I have this information moving through me. And if I could, I don't know, get freaking stable enough, I probably would be really good at doing like forecasts or reports. So like I said, the consistency thing. And I just think I'm moving through a lot. I think we're all moving through a lot. There's a lot of shadow work that I'm doing right now. And I just am having a hard time. So really, truly, I have to be patient with my own journey because when I welcome the pain, I immediately then attract clients that need help in that area. And that that's a gift. Okay. You know, I love being able to do that. Yeah. And I think it takes a great amount of vulnerability to go through what you're going through to be able to share it with someone else who's going through something similar, because I think that's the basic human need is to be seen and heard, aka validated. So I'm glad that you can see your life and the hardships that you're encountering and have encountered as a way to help and support others as well. Also, just saying, I also think that astrology is like a code that's unlocked to people because I have studied astrology, there's no way I could cast a chart. There's no way I could remember everything. But it seems to me like people who do the work with the stars, it's like a code that's unlocked or something that's like revealed. And some people are just really good at it. But the way that you speak about it feels like very, very knowledgeable. You know who you remind me of? And I've been wanting to tell you this for a while. Not so much Mal, because I was in Melanie's world, if you will, for years before. But Tanya Lee, if you don't know who she is, I'm going to have to. She has the school of self-image. And I love it. I've been listening to her podcast for years and I was in the Soci community for quite a long time, but I just adore the pants off of her. And she's super 
just on her own path and just like unapologetically there, you can tell there's no mimicking. I don't feel like that with you either. And I'm like, if you were like anyone, I would say that you were like Tanya Lee and she's definitely worth looking into for yourself. But I do the same thing when I, I was telling one of my friends yesterday, I was like, no, I don't listen to these other podcasts because I want to make sure that what I'm talking about on my podcast feels authentic to me and I'm not influenced in any way around me because I think you know if your journey was very similar but building our confidence in this work and being seen and having a voice out in the world takes a lot of work to get up to this point absolutely yes it does and I don't want to sacrifice it no (laughs) no and everybody just has such a different journey and when you're so psychic and you're in somebody's world there's just so much more information coming at you and it can impede your own auric fields, or at least it does mine. Like as much as I talk about energetic boundaries, like really my favorite boundary is staying home. (laughs) Yeah. Staying home unplugged. I know. Uh, But believe me, like my Leo, I call her Vanessa. When she wants to go out, we go out. We party. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a time and a place for all these different alter egos. And honestly, when it goes into networking settings, because those are like me too, like my worst nightmare in a sense where it's like oh first impressions like all night and that to me can be quite depleting or draining but I really love to call on like my Scorpio rising you know what I mean like this mysterious like I call on this archetype that I have within me forward to kind of you know be the one that shows up in that minute and that's taken a lot of training and decision making on my own as well you can name her yeah, I'm sure I have had names. I've had names for the naysayers in my mind. You know what I mean? Like stressed out Susan. You know what I oh, mean? Like just that. Well, we get Scorpio, like the goddess, not the ego's a goddess, but like you want the sunny side of the ego, the ego that you're like, all right, you can have a night, behave, go have some fun. I know you need to be seen. Well, the Leo needs to be seen. I don't know if the square. I think the Scorpio likes strategy or solving a problem or like getting underneath something like it's like you're an extractor of information and so there's this detective well I guess that makes sense for you because didn't you used to like ghost hunt yeah I did as a paranormal investigator for years like like you like crime shows and stuff yeah even just like I'm obsessed with getting my YouTube channel off the ground and I just met with someone who talked about this new software and like my sensory my pleasure sensories go off the chart because I'm like a new program I get to figure out. I don't know why. I love doing stuff like that. I'm just like That's a big like migraine. Like totally my a new dress is what it does that for me. I'm like, I need a project. I need a project to chew on. And that is just so me. So uh, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about as well, and then I want to do some rapid fire with you. But one of the things I admired that you did last year was I don't know if it was your first retreat, but you gathered a bunch of people who some you met in the collective, some that you knew out in the world, and you collaborated to put together this incredible retreat called Je Vois. Am I saying that right? I'm Canadian, so I should be able to say the French word Je Vois, which means what? And then tell me about that whole process and what you love about retreats. Well, I'm very multidimensional in the fact that I really love to do the work. I love to go deep. I love to heal. I love to reflect. I can take very much responsibility for my life, my feelings, my actions, my current reality. But then I also have this like fanciness. I think that this is our playground. And I think that anything in the physical realm is available to us and we get in our own way. And so I've been able to manifest very, very easy when it comes to material items emotional relationships sometimes not so much but that's another 
topic. And so what happened was I've done events. I've done huge golf events. I know how to do an event. And I've always done the event kind of beginning with the end in mind and always from the lens of a woman that doesn't know anybody. So that's my approach. They want to know, like, where's the bathroom? Where's the bar? Like, am I welcome? Can somebody introduce me? Acknowledge me? See me? All these inner child things. Am I seen? Am I heard? Am I witnessed? And so I think I'm really good at hosting anything because I can feel and see humans and what we need. And so it was a download. It was a meditation download. And it happened very quick. And within, I think, 48 hours, I reached out to who was in the download. And they were like 100% on board. And it is Jouvois I see. And it's about a 360 degree view of your life. And so mm-hmm. it's three, well, four days and you come and we really go inward. We do inner child work and we get to this place of just awakening, remembering. The next day is a line. And that's like, how do we align? We have this human body. We have this soul. How can we, you know, meet in the middle and give us both a voice and ground and be present, but also understand that we have two units speaking to us. We have the human with all its senses and then we have the soul with all its senses. And the body carries trauma. And so the body has like messed up our perceivers to the spirit world a little bit because it's so subtle. And so anyway, long story short, it's at a vineyard and is equally luxurious and bougie as it is deep work. And the days are education the middle of the day is integration. And then the end of the day is celebration. And we do wine pairing with the dinner. We harvested grapes last year. And it's a magical way to heal, in my opinion, because you're celebrating your hard work. And if you've ever done deep hard work, it's exhausting. And you can get stuck in the sadness if you don't celebrate what you uncovered or celebrate what you released. Yeah. I love that. I love it. And it looked like a fantastic time. And it does look luxurious. I know you're coming to my retreat. I'm like, Jenny, it's not going to be. Oh, my God. It's going to be a lot of fun. I promise. I have multiple sides. It's all good. I am so excited to come with you. I know. I saw this year that you were collaborating with Renata. So do you know that I know Renata? Like, no. Okay. So Renata was on the Spear School podcast in 2019. Okay. I've known her for a while. I knew her through friends who ran this company called Shevolve. So I've known Renata for a few years. And when I saw her come up as a collaborator, I was like, get out. What a small world. So how did you choose who to collaborate and who to bring in with this? Just my guides. So Jouvois is in October and that's IC. And that is definitely like deep foundational work. So the days are awaken, align, and then ascend. And the last day ascend is about connecting to spirit. And I was like, what would be the next step. So then I was, uh, you know, another download, because that's just what happens all day, every day, is Jacri. And Jacri is I create. And so this one is confess. It's a little bit lighter. It's not going to be as heavy, but it's the same concept. Like you have to confess your truth. Like what actually do you want? We hide, we shame, we have so much shame around what we desire because of wealth wounds and all these other things. It's confess, commit. So rewriting the contract, we're having a writer come in and just really teaching us how to tell our story, write our story, be the narrator of our story. And then the last one's conquer. Because you can do all this work all day long, but if you don't know how to navigate the outer world and how people are going to respond to your new truth and what you discover within, it can be a waste because typically the people that need the most help in this work don't have very good boundaries. And we do play small and we do apologize profusely. And we do put ourselves in this codependent 
reality of if you're okay, I'm okay. And this retreat's going to be, I mean, Renata's a Leo. I have this business coach coming in. She's a Leo. I'm a rising Leo. I mean, it's a new moon in Gemini, throat chakra. So this one's going to be a little bit more fire in June. Very cool. So I mean, like my energy just changed talking about it. Like it's just a different vibe. And even if you know Renata, I mean, she brings it. She brings a vibe for sure. Yeah. I mean, I even just had a reading with her last year because I was going through my notes of a reading I had from her in like 2019, like way before I quit corporate, before the first time I quit. So yeah, funny, we go way back. And that's a come. I was like, I wonder if Jenny knows that we know each other. Oh, I had no idea. Small spiritual world. Let me tell you. It is. Before I go into my rapid fire to wrap us up. So how can people find out about these retreats and where are they located? Yes, mid-June, mid-October, and they are at a vineyard in Palisade, Colorado. And that is our wine country. It's on the Western Slope. It's quite beautiful. And my website is www.themediumexperience.com. And then I have The Medium Experience Instagram. And there is a Jouvois Experience Instagram as well. I'm not very consistent at posting, but when I do, it's coming from my heart. So I don't bullshit you, but I definitely don't show up every day. (laughs) Yeah. I think that matters more than a daily fluff. Okay. So I'm just saying you do your 365 reel. You do you. Yeah, you do you. I gave you some ideas around that, but I will have links to everything below as well. And I know I'm going to have some of my old clients just roll their eyes at this because it's like the only fact I know about Colorado. But apparently Colorado is the sunniest place in North America. Yeah, it is. It's amazing here. It will be like, it will snow. It's snowing right now. It's so beautiful. I always just feel like I'm in a snow globe and it's like glitter in the sky. But like tomorrow, it could be nine degrees, which it is. And then tomorrow it could be 56 or it could be snowing. And then the sun comes out like an aspen and stuff and people are in tank tops. Like it is such a crazy state to live in, but also like magical. I need to go. It's one on my bucket list. I read an article, I think like 10 years ago on you know, the top 10 cities in North America for quality of life. And I think Colorado was like two. Yeah. Like I think somewhere in Oregon was one, but like, honestly, like, and they said it was because had over 300 days of sunshine a year. I was like, who would have thought? I think of Colorado, I think of skiing, I think of mountains for some reason, much like I live here in Squamish. So anyways, I'm going to have some old school clients roll their eyes because I tell everyone I meet from Colorado. (laughs) It's fact that I know. Awesome. Well, we'll have links to everything. And then we're just going to close off. I want to ask you a couple rapid fire questions, like just off the cuff. I did. So what has been the most life-changing book for you and why? Life-changing book? Oh my God. I have so many. Is there one that stands out for you that you're like, I was never the same after this book? Okay. I'm a self-help psychology junkie and there's so many, but I'll tell the one that launched me into mediumship because my life, I don't know if it was so much the book, but my life did change with Laurelyn Jackson signs because my son is 20 and he lost his best friend to cancer in 2020. And it was just horrific, like all around. And I read that book and it was like, I felt like she was telling my life. Like it was crazy from that day, that book. I have never opened a book and finished it within maybe a week and a half and then enrolled in a mediumship course. And so that changed my life. Mm, I haven't read that one. I read her Light Between Us, but I haven't read the sign. So I'm going to pick up that one next. Thank you. 
okay, Jenny, you can have one meal for the rest of your life. What are you eating? Like popcorn and champagne. <laughs> Fair enough. I love it. And I have to say, too, you know, you have your podcast, the Champagne Channeling Podcast. Jenny, one time, okay, I got this thing in the mail and it was two bottles of champagne for my two-year celebration of the Spirit School Collective. And yeah, I mean, I still have a bottle that I'm saving for Spirit School's grand opening on May 1st. So I'm like, I saved that last bottle. You're like, I'll send you more. I'm like, no, this is I know. For me. I don't believe in saving champagne bottles ever because when I started drinking the good stuff, more kept arriving. And not that I'm trying to like promote myself, but on my website, I have a toast your host. And all the time people are buying me a glass of champagne. And so it's like, I, I put it out there that. and I'm like, you know what? Most people want to be bought a cup of coffee. I would rather you buy me a glass of champagne. Like, I love champagne, by the way. I Though sparkling water, I think, is more what I drink or sparkling wine. I messaged Jenny on Instagram because I opened up a bottle of rosé bubbly. And I was like, Jenny, I can't finish this whole bottle. Is this still going to be bubbly tomorrow? And you didn't get back to me. So like the next day I was like, Jenny, I can validate it's still bubbly the next day. <laughs> you were like, how do you keep the fizz in it? How do I keep fizz in it? And I'm like, what is she talking about? And then and I think I wrote like, you just finish it. But truly, it typically will stay like people think it won't but it will stay um it doesn't hold too much if it's done in traditional method if it's pumped with co2 and you know like prosecco is a tank method we don't need to talk about bubbles right now i will <laughs> okay it's part of your brand i saw that earlier too where you had the buy me champagne i'm like that's so brilliant except you could like buy me a coffee or whatever but yeah my contractor got me a gorgeous bottle of sparkling rosé so i want to try to find it i'm going to see her tomorrow and see where she got it from because i don't know if you've heard about british columbia but like we have a wine country as well and people from all over canada come just to like get our wine so at the retreat we're gonna have to buy some good wine for some of the evening activities that we're going to be having okay so money's not an option it expires in our world right now what are you going to do tomorrow no limits I would probably do like first class to Reims, France, which is Champagne region. <laughs> Love it. Solo with someone? No, I want to go by myself. Like I'm good. I honestly, I think I realized I am such a good, I didn't always think this because, you know, trauma, but I'm really, really good by myself because I'm not having to unsolicitedly manage anyone else's energy. So, you know, I think I'd go there and like, Make friends with some cats. There you go. First class. I like it. Good option. Favorite quote with that you live by? Carl Jung is like, I just love him so much. There's two. Carl Jung, it, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will rule our lives and we will call it fate. And Ernest Hemingway, right, drunk, and it's sober. <laughs> that is Sound advice, actually. I, Solid I see advice. That in my programs, I'm like, we need to purge. So whether you're drunk, whether you're enraged, like it needs to come out. Write letters when you're activated. Like it needs to come out. Like get it out and then reflect. And so I think that that's something that's really important. And I think Ernest Hemingway is fascinating. Okay. I love it. Well, that's a great quote. And then the last question is what is your favorite act of self care? I love crocheting, like with a candle lit by my bed, and I very rarely watch TV. So I like to put on like old, early jazz music or 80s and 90s country. And so music of my choice, crocheting, fireplace, candle, my cat, or a bath. 
I like it. Okay. This was a lot of fun, Jenny Khan. Thank you for coming on the Spear School podcast. And I want to just let you guys know my, I should just change it, but my podcast is the medium experience as well. I just do a feature episode that's champagne channeling. It confuses everybody. And I really need to probably just anchor into that name because I was, you know, hung up on what people might think. And so I thought I needed to have it as just a feature, but everyone thinks it's called that. But if you do want to find any of my episodes, it's the medium experience on all podcast platforms. Thank you for correcting me on that. I was just going off your Instagram bio. I know everybody. I mean, I mean, it's me. It's the chaos. The femininity. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Jenny. Thanks for coming on. Oh, Danielle, it's been a pleasure. I cannot wait to meet you in April at your retreat. I adore you. Thank you. Thank you. It's mutual. Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in Spirit School.